Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone this morning on Team Gear Sunday. Um, some some probably happier than others. Um, Mr. Steve couldn't be here today because he's just, he's crushed. He's crushed. He's a Miami fan, for those who don't know, and I hope he's joining us on live stream this morning. Uh, Mr. Steve, it's all right. There's always next year. If you're a Cubs fan, you completely understand that. Anyway, it's good to see everybody this morning. Let's all stand to our feet as we prepare our hearts for worship. Um, let's just worship the King together as one voice. Here we go. curse of sin is broken. There's a reason why the darkness runs from light. There's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. There's a reason why we are not overtaken. There's a reason why we sing all through the night. There's a reason why our hope remains eternal. Jesus is alive. Praise the King. He is risen. Praise the King. He's alive. King, death's defeated, hallelujah, he's alive, hallelujah, he's alive. There's a reason why our hearts can be courageous, there's a reason why the dead obey alive. There's a reason why we share his resurrection. Jesus is alive. Thank you. 
Let's pray together. Gracious Father, we're so thankful for who you are, for what you've done for us. And we celebrate a risen Savior, the living Jesus. That uh, death has been defeated. That we can sing with voices raised in thanksgiving for that blessing. God, we are so grateful. Lord, if there's a person in this place who has not come to that truth, come to the realization their need for a Savior, for Jesus Christ, that their sin has separated them, and that only through the blood of Jesus can we be made right again. God, if there's a person who doesn't know that in here today, God, I pray that through the music and the ministry and the message in this place, that they would come to know that truth. God, we praise you for those people in our lives who saw fit to share the love of Jesus Christ with us. May we remember that always so that we can share with others. That someone saw fit to share with us so we should share with others. Gracious Father, we pray over this message today that as we embark on a new study, as we look in on the spiritual disciplines and, and why they're so important as believers, God, I just pray that you would open our hearts Open our eyes to your truth. Speak to our hearts directly, God. We need to hear from you. God, speak through our pastor, through the Holy Spirit. Through that same Holy Spirit, God, I pray for understanding, for wisdom, for those who hear. Gracious Father, we praise you and thank you for Jesus. In his holy name. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you today. If uh, if you're new here, man, we're so pumped that you are here. Um, we actually have a gift that we'd love to give you today. And so in the back of the seat in front of you, as uh, we call our Connect card, if you grab that, take it, fill out as much information as you feel comfortable with. Stop it by Next Steps. It's on your way out. All you got to do is just hand it to them. They're going to give you a Lindsay Laney's t-shirt. And then also just some information about our church to help you stay informed of who we are and get you a little bit of an idea of, of what we do here. And so please do that. Those cards are also, even if you call East Home, you've been here longer than me um, in the back of that seat. Those cards are also useful for you to let us know about prayer requests, to let us know about decisions that you'd like to make. So you can fill those out and drop them by next step as well. Today we're kicking off a new series, and uh, it's also Teen Gear Sunday. And so some of you really stepped it up. And so uh, the first service, Rand Beasley won because he had an Arkansas Razorback pig on his head. Um, and so I don't know if he'd have won it in second service. So glad you guys stepped it up. We'll give away that prize at the end. But we're kicking off this new series this morning at really at all three of our campuses. Uh, we're, we're part of a multi-site church called Lindsay Lane Baptist Church, and we're the east campus of that. And so today at all three of our campuses, us three uh, lead pastors are all preaching through this series together called Rhythms. And so Rhythms, uh, looking at habits. Um, and so the last few weeks, we've been looking at uh, the marks of a believer, what it looks like to be a disciple. Um, you can consider this a continuation of that sermon series and that now we're looking at what it looks like to grow as a disciple, okay? Um, we're going to be looking at uh, biblically tried and true habits and rhythms that will cause consistent growth in your walk with God. If you've, uh, if you've ever started a new job, and I don't mean like just the same job at a new company, I'm talking about like drastic changes, right? Like my first, my first job was as a cabinet builder. And I did it for six years, and then I became a youth pastor. Not a lot of overlap. See what I'm saying? Not a lot of overlap. And so I had to learn all new habits of what it looked like. And then 
went through a couple of transitions and wound up here um, at Lindsay Land East as pastor. And so besides one little stint where I was a youth pastor and we didn't have a pastor, I've never preached every week. Like I, I would have six weeks to prepare a sermon uh, in my last church. And so the, the we have a thing in, in the pastor world, Sunday's coming. That's a little phrase we have. And so whereas you guys get like the whole week to look back on Sunday and like praise God about how good it was or something that God spoke to you, I get like 30 minutes in the morning to like celebrate what God did and then I got to start looking at Sunday again, okay? And so what I've had to do in the 18 months I've been your pastor, I've had to develop new habits. I've got to find a new rhythm to my week so that y'all don't come in here and I just look at you and go, I don't know. I don't have anything today, right? Because y'all are coming in every Sunday, and you're expecting it. And so um, in the same way, we need to build spiritual habits, spiritual rhythms into our life if we're going to see consistent growth in our life. And so some of these that we're going to talk about in this series are, are, are rhythms that have to be chiseled out. Like the, it's, you've got to set aside time to this. Other ones, we may talk about them being sprinkled throughout your day. Not really a chiseled out time, but sprinkled. And then we'll talk about everything in between. But today we're simply setting up the idea of what it looks like by looking at 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 10. So go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. Um, we're going to turn there. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. If you've got a Bible app um, on your iPad, phone, laptop, desktop, whatever you brought today. Um, we'll also have them on the screen. But let's read through verses 6 through 10 from 1 Timothy together. And then... Um, and then we'll talk about this some more. I'll pray, and then we'll talk about it. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. But have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason, we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Let me voice a prayer for us before we continue. Father, we thank you for this word. God, we thank you that, um, that we know you've, 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 uh, you've inspired it. And God, we know that this is your word, not just a word. And Father, I pray that today uh, that you would, as Patrick has already prayed, God, um, uh, send the Holy Spirit, uh, God, to speak to anybody who, who, who's not yet trusted in you. Um, God, I pray that they would today. And for those of us who have trusted in you, God, I pray that the, stir, the Spirit of God would stir within us and God bring understanding to our hearts and minds of the text today. Uh, God, we're so thankful for an opportunity to get together and study God's study your word together. We also pray, God, as we always do, that you teach us to know you today and that you would be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, a little backstory on 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy was written by Timothy, right? No, okay. So, in the Bible, uh, when you turn to it, a lot of times the name of the book is who wrote it. So, if you guess Timothy, you're not, you're not crazy, but you're wrong, <laughs> It was Paul, okay? It was written by Paul. Paul was a church planner. He wrote all the books, all the letters from Romans to Philemon, a bunch of them. And so he wrote this to, I bet you can guess this one, to Timothy, right? He wrote it to Timothy. And so Paul wrote this letter to Timothy. Timothy was a young guy that Paul had met on one of his church planning journeys. 
um, he had met him and took him under his wing and began to disciple him. And this young dude named Timothy got to travel around with Paul as Paul planted, uh, as he preached and, and taught the Bible throughout the known world. Like they traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles proclaiming the gospel and planting churches. And Timothy's this young guy who gets to go alongside him and see it all happen. The book of Acts tells us the story of of Paul and his journeys. And oftentimes Paul will send his disciples ahead of him to kind of get things ready. Or sometimes he'll leave them behind in a city and he'll move on and then they'll join him later. Timothy, well, we find out at the very beginning of 1 Timothy chapter 1, um, well, I'll just read it to you, verses 1 through 3. We find out what happened to Timothy. Uh, he got left. He got sent, all right? Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of our Lord Savior, of our Savior and Christ Jesus, our Lord, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. As I urged you when I went to Macedonia, remain in Ephesus so that you may instruct certain people not to teach false doctrine. And he goes on from there. But what we see is that Paul, when he was headed to Macedonia... He told him to remain in Ephesus. And we, we also find out through church history and traditions um, that, that Timothy is believed to have gotten to Ephesus around 64 AD. If you're a history person and you need the timeline, there you go, 64 AD. And Timothy stays there as a pastor of the people, an elder in the church. And Timothy is there. And so Paul is, this is what's interesting, we, I don't know if it's just my upbringing in church, and if you haven't been in church, you don't have this upbringing, but I do. That, that Timothy was just some like young teenage college kid who was just dumb, and Paul was trying to help him or something. But Paul is not some young whippersnapper who has little experience. I mean, Timothy. Timothy is not some young whippersnapper. He's, Paul is writing to a young man who is pastoring a pretty significant body of believers in a church that's really, or in a city that's really hard to pastor in. Like Ephesus was a difficult place. And so when Paul's writing First and Second Timothy to Timothy, Timothy is serving as the pastor, one of the pastors on staff kind of thing, like in the idea, in the city of Ephesus. He's pastoring people there. And so Paul gives Timothy a ton of advice on pastoring and leading people, but I believe he gives some advice, some principles that all of us can lock into, um, even if you're not a pastor or teacher, okay? So in, in chapter 4 in particular, I think he gives us three keys to spiritual growth. So... Um, you note takers, I know you're here and this is for you, baby. Number one, spiritual growth is about learning. Spiritual growth is about learning. So let's look at first Timothy uh, four, six again, Timothy, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed. So here, Paul is telling Timothy of the importance of teaching God's word to the church. It was the task of Timothy. Timothy wasn't just an elder. He was a teaching elder in Ephesus. He needs to take all the things that Paul's been writing. He's supposed to, he needs to take all the things that Paul's been writing to him, all the things that Jesus said, and the Old Testament scriptures. Mix all those things together. Make, like, make sure that everything makes sense, and then, and then feed it to the people. Teach these corrections and this, this theology to the people. And what's, what Paul says is that when the Word of God is taught, something great happens. The CSB calls it nourishment. He says, nourished by the, what is it? Nourished by the words of the faith. Okay. Now, I think that's a good way to think of this. How many times have you sat under the teaching of God's word and been nourished and strengthened, encouraged, or built up? I hope that's the case, but it's not the most direct way to translate the word. 
Uh, if you're unfamiliar with how the Bible was put together, Paul did not speak English. Okay, we're all in the same boat on that, right? English hasn't been around that long. So Paul was writing in, in Greek. And so when Paul wrote this letter, years later, it gets translated into English. And if you've ever sat through an, a Spanish 1 class in high school, like I did, you know, sometimes words can get translated a couple of different ways. Um, kind of like a particular word that was spray-painted on a window that my ma, my in-laws put in their barn. It was a particular word that has two meanings in Spanish. One is a household thing, and the other one is very inappropriate. And I remember seeing that going, oh, I know that's not a good word. Right? So there's two, there's two different ways you can translate things sometimes. And not that there's anything inappropriate. That wasn't in my notes. Sometimes I shouldn't say these things, Kelly. Um, Sometimes they just come. I have no idea what that to do with anything. But there are oftentimes different ways that we can translate things. Um, so nourished, literally, the word that's used for nourished literally means to be trained in. So I'm going to show you the ESV, which is uh, Kenny, our associate pastor. This is his version of, of choice. Um, and it's a good translation. It's my, it's my go-to, number two, when I'm studying. But um, I t- just prefer the CSB. So this is what 1 Timothy 4, 6 says in the ESV. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Listen to this. Being trained in the words of faith. Now, the reason I like that word choice better, uh, I think, is that it puts responsibility on us. When I think of nourishment, I think of somebody bringing me food or somebody like hooking me up to an IV machine and just giving my body the electrolytes I need. I think of being encouraged, being built up, being all those things. But there's, it's very passive action. When you say being trained in, being trained in has the idea of a grind, right? The grind, the, the, the daily difficult choices to, to be trained. Training is very active. And I believe why that's an important translation, just because you sit under the teaching of God's word, does that mean training occurs? No, no. You don't grow spiritually by hearing God's word. You grow spiritually when you learn god's word do you understand the difference learning is training so if you want to grow as a believer first off get into god's word personally you need to be reading the bible for yourself but you also need to be sitting under the teaching of god's word of the pastor that god has put before you which is awkwardly me sit under the teaching of god's word and learn now uh if you call East Home, I want to help explain this something. If you don't call East Home, uh, I'm going to tell you something about our church. We've made decisions at East, decisions that y'all probably think we just pull out of a hat, okay? But we spend a lot of time thinking about these decisions. And one of the decisions that we've, we've made decisions to help simplify the process of learning. My whole life, I've been in churches where we had Sunday school at 10 o'clock. We had worship at 11. We had discipleship training at 5 which was another Bible study. So three Bible studies so far. We had six o'clock worship service. Guess what we did there? Studied the Bible. And then we came back on Wednesday night at 6.30 for number five, Bible study number five through the week. That's the way I grew up. And so as a kid, I can remember, I can remember sitting through all those for, for the first 21, no goodness, uh, 20, ooh, I don't know, 20 plus years of my life. Um, I've sat, I've been in five Bible studies a week and it's my conviction as your pastor that that's not as effective as we think it is. Um, the reason why is I wind up having five different messages swirling around in my head all week. 
Um, the chances that I'm going to internalize all those is a long shot. So here at East, we made the decision a long time ago, long before I got here, to put more emphasis on fewer things. It's just a different strategy for discipleship. And so we have a, what now that I'm here, uh, what I try to do is provide you a Bible-packed service on Sundays. Um, this is not a, a self-help thing. Like, we're not just telling you five ways you can live a better life. Like, we're opening God's Word, we're studying it together, and we're, we're, we're trying to, to ask the deep questions about the Bible. Each week, I, I try not to tell you what, not, try to not just tell you what God's Word says. I try to help you learn how to read the Bible for yourself. One of the most encouraging things I ever heard from uh, from a lady at the second church I served in, she came to me and she said, I like how you preach. And that's a scary thing because I don't know where she's going next. And she said, you just like walk through and like show the Bible. It's <laughs> like, yes, ma'am, that's what we try to do. Like we just try to show you what the Bible says and like we just try to help you learn Right? The whole introduction I just gave you on First Timothy, did we have to do that? No. I could have just jumped right into point number one, but I wanted to provide you what I believe is important, which is context to, let, to the book of the Bible that you're reading. Again, what we're trying to do at, here at East is help you learn how to read the Bible for yourself. Everything that we're doing on Sunday mornings is intentional. And then we do groups on Wednesday nights. This is an opportunity for you to study God's Word with other people. This is a unique learning environment that is very different from this. I just want you to know, if you were to raise your hand today during this sermon, I will ignore your hand, okay? Because <laughs> it weirds me out. I don't know what you're going to say, okay? You can talk to me after. That's great. If you want to rebuke me and, like, disagree with something I say, I'd love to talk to you at the door, but please don't do it while I'm preaching unless I'm just really off base. Then you can, okay? Right, like those are things that don't fit well on Sunday morning. You know where they fit really well? Wednesday nights in groups. Right as you're talking about something, put your hand up. They'll call on you in groups. Say, I don't know if I agree with the way you interpret that passage. That's so welcome in our groups on Wednesday night. Just makes Sundays awkward. Um, but that's why we've created these unique learning environments on Wednesday night because what we believe is that the Bible teaches you need that, that unique learning environment. You need to be in a group of studying the Bible together. You need a group. And we don't want you to have to create a group or, or, or go even to... There, there are awesome groups, um, Bible study fellowship type things that exist outside the walls of our church, right? Um, different organizations, but we want to create those environments here within the life of our church. Good Bible study groups. So come out on Wednesday night. This is coming Wednesday night. We've got a fresh start, a new study that we're beginning. You'll hear some more about that at announcement time. Um, so anyway, we take, we take five Bible studies that I grew up with down to two. Now here's what's crazy. We're testing something even wilder than that right now. We're trying to take two and actually get it down to one. Okay? Um, our groups are actually going to be taking the sermon from Sundays and going deeper on Wednesday nights. They've been doing it for a month now. They're just simply taking the text, the ideas that we're talking about on Sundays. They're taking them to Wednesday night. They're going deeper, making application, chasing some rabbit trails that you thought of as I was preaching, and I just totally avoided them because y'all don't want to be here for an hour and a half. And so they're taking some of those things, bringing them back up on Wednesday, giving an opportunity for people to ask questions and to talk. 
Because as we say, what's better than kind of learning two Bible passages? Really learning one. Okay? And so that's what we're trying to do. Again, this is a decision that we've made as a church to help you learn. We believe if you're going to grow as a disciple, you've got to learn from the Bible. And so we're going to try to do this as best we can. Sitting in on Bible studies will not lead to growth. Learning from the Bible will lead to spiritual growth. So I've said it a couple of times already. Get in a group. Amen. We got Wednesday night groups. We got another one that met this morning at 930 in the in the in uh, building B. Those are the group options right now. And uh, we'd love to, to help you find which one you can stop by next steps on your way out. We'll talk about that more at the end. Paul mentions training by learning, but he also talks about tra- another type of training here. This is point number two. No taker. Spiritual growth is about living. Look at verses seven and eight. Paul says, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So just as we got to focus our attention on learning if we are to grow, we also must pay attention about the way we live. As your understanding of God's word increases, there should there's there's one of two things is going to happen. Y'all ever dealt with a sponge? Y'all ever had you've dealt with a sponge? That was a weird thing to say. You heard of these things? These little porous, squeezy things called sponges. Um, what happens when you fill a sponge up with water? Okay, it just it kind of expands, it gets heavier, and all that. You can fill a sponge up to the point that it is fully saturated. Okay. Now, what happens when I pour more water on an already saturated sponge? It runs off or it runs down into the sponge, and guess what happens? More water runs out, okay? The sponge can only hold so much. Guess what a lot of scientists refer to your brain as? A sponge and other things, but, right? Like, there, there is only so much you can learn if you're not, so if you keep learning, you sit down with the Bible and you just learn and you learn and you learn and you learn and you're in your Man, that's awesome. God will use that. He will grow that. But guess what? There's going to be a point where all of that knowledge that you're inputting, it's not going to have room anymore. So there's one of two two things that's going to happen. Either you're going to continue to input and you're going to lose it out your ear, which I'm not sure is the scientific way that you lose information, but for our analogy, it'll work, right? That information is coming in and it's got to have somewhere to go, so you lose more information. Or, number two, you output that learning into the way that you live. You take it from your hand, sorry, from your head, and you bring it to your hands, right? You begin to live differently. That's what's going on in the text. We've got to begin to apply God's word to our lives. It's not just about learning, it's about the way that we live. And Paul drives this statement, this idea home by my favorite comment in the entire Bible. Y'all ready for this? Some of y'all going to say amen to this. We have some amens in the first service. For the training of the body has little benefit. Amen. Let's eat and let's quit working out. That's what it said, right? The training of the body has little benefit. I got more amens in the first service. I don't know. That was early for them. That's, that's, of course, that's not what Paul's saying. 
Because Paul doesn't say it has no benefit. He says it has little benefit. But he's playing a comparison game here. He's not saying don't take care of yourself because they don't do anything. What he's saying is that the training of the body has limited benefit, but in in comparison to the training in godliness. His, his point is that exercising your, your godliness and your spiritual walk is so much more important than exercising your body. Living a godly life is so much more important. And he says that in verse 8. And so if we take, if, if training the body has limited benefit, then we can say that training in godliness has unlimited benefit. That's the point that Paul's making. And just because it's in the text, let's talk about it. A lot of Christians today spend so much time extending their lives by getting fit, eating healthy, tracking points and calories and running. None of those things are bad. But they do that while spending so little time training themselves for godliness. That's not okay. But it's not the addition of exercise. It's the exclusion of the godliness. And I think if Paul... As Paul is reminding Timothy of here, I think he would speak into the lives of us and say, God's will for your life is that you look like Jesus, not a, 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 a fitness trainer. Right? Praise God for your ripped biceps. But, like, that's not the, like, do that. Get ripped. That's, I mean, like, I know y'all are thinking, like, it's, I'm pretty buff, okay? Um, y'all always laugh at much more at things like that. But God's will is for you to be trained in godliness, to grow day after day spiritually. And that's got to become the primary thing in our hearts. And let me step aside because some of you are like, you telling me, you tell them, hey, we all train for the wrong things. Don't we? You training for some promotion at work, trying to get to some level so that you can get that new promotion and that's, that's all you're focused on is getting this skill set that's going to allow you to make more money? It's the same thing, right? The main training in your life and in my life must become the training for godliness, not training for anything else. God wants you to be a good parent, but being a good parent is not to overshadow, because you can, you can, good night, there's enough parenting books. You can stay busy a long time trying to be a good parent, but God wants you to train yourself for godliness more than he wants you to be a good parent, more than he wants you to be a good coworker, uh, to get promoted, more than he wants you to be in shape, more than any of those things. And it's not even a close, like don't, it's not a close second either. <laughs> like it's way down the thing. It's number one, training in godliness. Everything else way down here. But we need to think, we do need to think, I believe, of training in godliness in the same way as working out. Because in verse 7, he says, train yourself in godliness. The Greek word he uses is gymnazo. What does that sound like? Gymnasium, where we sweat to get better, right? It's the gymnasium. It's just this idea where we're working, we're training. And here's what I know. We know that it takes hard work and determination to be strengthened physically. But for some reason, we think we should fall butt backwards into spiritual growth. Right? And my hands up too. Like I think God should just grow me because I'm coming to church. God, make me a better person because I opened your Bible today. Y'all, that's not the case. Just like we have to work, just like we have to train to get better in, in better physical shape, you and I, we have to sweat a little. We have to put in the effort. 
If you're to grow in Christ, it's not going to happen overnight, and it won't happen just because you listen to your redneck preacher preach a sermon every Sunday. Right? It takes effort. It takes work. It takes learning, and then it takes living. It takes living. And that's what the series this whole month is going to be about. We're going to be providing you some of those rhythms, some of that living, the living piece of this, so that we can consistently grow in Christ. But that's not all. Um, not just learning and living, but spiritual growth is about looking, and this is what ties everything together. Verse 9, the saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Verse 10, for this reason, for this reason, we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Training won't come easy. No training does. Now, I know I look like a college athlete, but I peaked out in high school. Um, I peaked out in high school. I played basketball and football in high school. And football in particular uh, was hard. <laughs> uh, a lot of training in football. And uh, I, can re- I can remember, so uh, I didn't go to a big school. I was not, we weren't looked at by scouts and all that stuff. But I went to a school where we took serious training. Um, we had a defensive coordinator who was in charge of our weight room. And I talked to him the other day, and he still scares me. You know the kind of coach I'm talking about? Like, you know he's not going to kill you, but like, you think. I don't want to see him on a bad day. He was, uh, just to give you some, uh, give you some background, um, he, uh, he, had ju- he was a Marine um, who had just gotten back from a voluntary stint in Afghanistan after 9-11. Like 9-11 happened, he told us the next day, I'm out. I'm going as quick as they'll get me over there. And he went and spent a few years, and then he came back to be our defensive coordinator. <laughs> and it was intense, and he was an intense dude. And so we, in the weight room, he just wore us out. And then we got on the football field, and our bodies were put through all these drills and running and hitting and and taking all this stuff, and I would get home, and I'd barely be able to lift my arms, right? I could barely walk. I'd just crash on the, on the bed and try to do my homework. And what was interesting is every spring, we would have a new group of people that would come out. I want to play football. And so they would come in for that first practice, and, and they'd, get, you know, they'd get their own little locker there. And some of them would make it through spring, and others wouldn't. Now, here's what you need to know about high school I went to. We don't cut nobody on the football team. Like we need the play, we need the bodies. We'll we'll put you to work. The only people that didn't make it were those that quit, right? They were the, that was the one, the ones that quit. And what was always interesting is every year there would be some just these, I mean, jacked up dudes that are three inches taller than me and fifty pounds heavier than me, and they just look like a football player. And they come in, they they're tougher than me, they're meaner than me, they're in better shape than me, and then come the end of spring, they they quit. I never could figure out why. And now I know looking back because I was dumb and didn't realize it then. But one of the hardest parts about all training, especially football, was the mental game. The mental game. If your mind couldn't handle the pressure, it didn't matter how in shape you were. <laughs> it's the same way for working out. If you're going to get in shape, you've got to be there mentally. You've got to be focused. And the key to a strong mental capacity is having a clear purpose. See, if I could put a why on all the massive bruises that I came home with on my body, 
If I could, if I could put a a, a, a a Y on the painful drills, the late nights of practice, the yelling from the coaches, I got a few times. If I could see the purpose, I could always get through it. Because as our defensive coordinator told us all the time, your mind, your body can handle more than you realize. I believe that was not just a fun story for you. I believe. This is what Paul is giving us here. He's giving us the why. He's told, he said, man, train in your learning. Learn as much as you can about, about the Bible. Learn as much as you can about the God who, wrote, who, who gave us the Bible, right? And then he says, be trained in godliness. He's talking about the way that we live and, and living out our faith in God's word. But he uses the word training Because he knows it's going to trigger ideas of difficult situations in our mind. And I believe here, Paul is giving Timothy. He says, for this reason, we labor and strive. He doesn't use a a training language here. He uses working language. Labor and striving. And then he gives us the why. Because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So why do we labor and strive? Why do we train? Why, do we, why are we to learn consistently from God's Word and live godly lives? Paul says, because. When you're reading the Bible and you see that word, like pay attention to it. Literarily, right? Like Pay attention to that word because there, there's something going on. Paul says the reason we train for spiritual growth is because our hope is in the living God. Church, we have to also look to Christ. It's not just about the learning and the living. It's about looking to Christ. Because here's what I know, and you can say amen to it because I know you know what I'm talking about. There are times in our lives when spiritual growth will seem harder than it does today. During times of grief, During times of major distraction, pain, loss, health issues, family problems, fights between friends, right? Financial woes. All of that stuff, in those times, it's going to be, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be much easier to just come to church and stare at that front wall. And those crazy designs we put on the sides. It's going to be easy in those times to just come to church and sit and stare. And not learn. It's also going to be much easier for you to begin to lower the bar for the way that you live your life. And to begin to do things that are not befitting a believer. It's in those times that we need to remember That the key to all of this is not the learning or the living. It's keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Because I believe if we do, even even during the difficult times, we can still grow. I've seen it in my own life. Keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Pastor Allen of our North Campus uh, said it this way. The truth that informs our head, that's the learning, and conforms our hands, that's the living, must first transform our hearts. See, that's why people go to north. Man, just, just dropping bombs like that, you know. Anyway, 
keeping your eyes fixed on what Christ has accomplished for us is essential to your spiritual growth. The moment you take your eyes off of that, you either become drones just moving through life with no direction, no growth, no purpose, coming into church, saying hey, getting your bulletin, going home. You're a drone. You're not growing. Or, arguably even worse, <laughs> you begin to strive for growth in the wrong reason, for the wrong reasons. Uh, there's a group in the Bible in the New Testament that uh, is developed uh, in the hundred years or so before Jesus comes. They're called the Pharisees. And if you've read the New Testament, you've read the story of Christ, you know about the Pharisees. Uh, if you haven't, um, they were a Jewish group of people. Jesus was a Jewish man, so uh, Christianity is really a, a sect of Judaism in its, in its beginning. And so uh, the, the Pharisees, they were a Jewish group of leaders. And let me tell you, they knew the Bible. The Old Testament, um, man, the Old Testament would have, would have been to them uh, like, like just the back of their hand, right? Every, they, they knew it. The Old Testament would have been secondhand. They, they prayed multiple times per day. They studied the scriptures. They fasted. And if you were keeping a score sheet, like if you were their teacher, and you watched their day, you would give them an A+. Plus when, it comes to, when it comes to spiritual disciplines. But Jesus didn't give them an A. I mean, he didn't give them an F either, but he called them snakes and whitewashed tombs. So I think we can interpret that as an F. Snakes and whitewashed tombs. Why? Because they were striving for growth as the end. Growth was all they were there for. Checking their prayer box each day was the goal. Not opening up their hearts to the God who promised to hear their prayers. Knowing the Bible was their goal. Not knowing the God of the Bible. Right? And seeing the Savior that God had sent into the world who was standing right in front of them. Do you see this, church? May we not be guilty of growing for growing's sake so that others will think that we are something we are not. The only healthy way to grow is to learn from God's word as you read it for yourself and sit under the teaching of it. Because of what you're reading, striving to live a godly life that resembles closely that of Christ and primarily to look to Jesus the whole time doing all this not for ourselves, but because of what Christ has done for us. We're about to embark on a, well, this coming Wednesday night and then three more weeks of looking at spiritual disciplines. It's important for us to begin here. Because if we go into these spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks, and all you're doing is adding them to a checklist and trying to earn God's favor or trying to show out for your small group, God's not impressed with you. God's not impressed with you. What God wants you to do is to take these spiritual disciplines and practice them out of love for him, not love for yourself. So as we begin that journey next week or continue that journey, I pray that you, you consider these things. Every time I get up here to preach, I never know the, the different ways that God could use a sermon I preach, but I know that he will because he's always proven himself faithful for me. And so today, if you need to lift up a prayer of repentance because of your lack of learning or living or looking, 
You can do so today right where you are. We're going to sing a song here in a second. You can stand. You're going to stand and sing with all of us. You can pray right where you are. However, I want to just throw something else out. We also have what we call an altar up here. It's a biblical term. It just means a place to meet with God. And if you'd like, if, if, if you need to come and if you need to repent of something, uh, to turn from, from a, a wrong way of thinking or, or, or living or, or looking, you can actually come and pray before your church family at this altar. We had several people doing the first service just as a way. All it, it doesn't let everybody go, man, what what he's got going on. You know what happened in the first service? People knelt down with them. That's what happened. Because we love you. Nobody's sitting back taking notes on what you need to repent of. We want to pray with you. We want to kneel down and pray with you. And so you can pray right where you are if you have something you need to deal with the Lord on. But you can also come to this altar and know that there will be people that will at least be praying for you where they are, not judging you. You can also bring needs to the church, needs uh, in the lives of other people. You can come and pray at this altar over those. And again, the only difference between being there and being up here is that your church family can pray for you as well. And if you've never yet placed your faith in Jesus and begun to live for them, for Him, we want to help you with that too. Because the Bible says, um, well, I'll, I'll say it this way, before you can grow, you got to be born. Okay? Before you grow, you got to be born. And the Bible says that you need to be born again. That's the term the Bible uses. And the Bible actually tells us how to do that. It means to repent of your sin. It means turn from your sin and turn to God. And then actually believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and that he was raised again on the third day so that you can have the power of God in your life. We would love to help you trust in that truth. Trust in this Jesus. I'll be down front during this first song and then I may slide over, like over here, just out of the way for a little bit after I stand here and look at you for a little bit. But we'll also have decision counselors by the back door that just want to help you process through what God's speaking to you. Um, any other decision that you need to make, you're welcome to. We just want to be here to pray for you. The way that I plan to worship is simply by singing and lifting my voice to the God who created me and wants me to grow. And so you can choose to do that as well. So I'm going to pray. After I pray, let's all stand, and you can respond however God leads, okay? Father God, we thank you, uh, God, for your love, and God, for um, the way that you uh, you look after us, and uh, God, the way that you want us to grow, and um, God, I believe that, uh, just as your word says, God, uh, that you'll help us in that, and God, today, I know there's ways I need to grow today. God, I'm not a perfect man, far from it. God, I pray that you would help me to learn and to live and to look this week. As we practice these spiritual disciplines over the next three weeks, God, I pray that you'd just not break our hearts over the things that we don't do, but break our hearts for, the, for you who loves us and sent Jesus to die for us. And so, Father, I pray for this time, this time of response. God, whatever's in our hearts, I pray that we'd get it out. We'd just voice it to you, God, and just uh, be thankful to you or repent to you or God whatever it is that we need God I pray that you'd help us to act in this in this moment Father we love you and we thank you we ask all this in the big mighty powerful name of Jesus Amen Church let's stand and you again respond however you feel led
Chosen one, bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulder, ashamed. You guys have a seat. Thank you all for being here so much. I want I want to do some announcements, some quick announcements here in just a second. But before I do, check out this video. It'll be quick.
think the Christian life oftentimes is what, what we're looking for are those flashy, really cool youth camp uh, or, you know, huge moments of spiritual growth. But most of our growth is going to be just tiny baby steps, choosing to get up this morning and read the Bible and then doing it the next day and the next day and the next day. And um, I think recognizing the million steps that we're going to take in our spiritual walk um, and recognizing that they're not flashy. I'm somewhere on that walk, that, that Christian walk, and uh, I've got a long way to go, and I'm not going to get there by taking huge steps. I'm going to get there by taking little bitty tiny steps. Hey, so uh, so coming on Wednesday nights, um, we're doing something different this month, is we'll actually be watching about a 12-minute video before you start discussion. And so it's those three yahoos on the screen. Uh, that's me. Uh, Andy John was in the middle. He's the pastor at our Athens campus. And that's Alan over there that I read from earlier who pastors our North Campus. And so uh, we're going to be gathering together to watch that video in your groups first, and then you'll be discussing it after that. And so just to kind of be a, it'll be something different. So come back Wednesday night and be a part of a group if you need help with that. Uh, Kyle, could you and Danielle be at Next Steps there? That's Kyle. Kyle's our, Kyle and Danielle are our... Uh, uh, our uh, small groups coordinators, and so they'll love to just tell you about our groups and help you find one that you can be a part of, okay? So they'll be at Next Steps on your way out. Please do that. Um, also, uh, let's do this. Kelly, come up here. This is my wife, Kelly. If you don't know her, oh, clap. It's kind of a big deal. Um, so we have, we have an Academy gift card today um, that we just want to give to uh, the person who we feel just totally killed it just really got after it in their attire and that was me i'm just kidding um i wonder that in fact this is going to be a little different than the first service we're gonna we're going we're going to do something different in the service we're going to give this to a whole family because ryan and meredith blacks and like their family was here and they're this this huge bunch of fsu fans that you see sitting over here and every one of them came decked out and stuff and so we're going to give it to Ryan and Meredith, and then y'all can fight over it, okay? But Kelly, y'all want to walk over there and give that to her? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for being here. They got out of the car. I was like, are y'all headed to the game tonight? Like, uh, Yeah, there we go. There we go. We got the chop going, too. Uh, so anyway, thank you guys for all dressing up. It's always fun, and uh, it's. Uh, I wish we had gift cards for everybody that dressed up, but... That we're not a trophy, everybody gets a trophy kind of church. All right. Um, so a couple of announcements. Another thing coming up on September 19th is uh, two weeks from today, we're having our kickball tournament. And so this is something we've done in the past. Here's what we're going to do. This time, though, it's actually going to be driven through our groups. And so if you'd like to be a part of our kickball, you'd like to be on a team, talk to a group leader. If you don't know a group leader, talk to Kyle and Danielle, and they'll hook you up with a team and let you be a part of our kickball tournament. If you're, if you're like a lot of people that have told me, kickball, are you serious? I've got two fake knees and a fake hip. I'm not playing kickball. We're also going to be eating, okay, and fellowshipping. So come be a part of this. It's going to be on September 19th. More information can be found at events.lindsaylaneast.org. That address is on your website. You can find times and what we're going to be eating and all that information, kids' information, youth stuff, all that. So please come be a part of that event, even if you don't want to play kickball. It's still fun to watch a bunch of us who are no longer in shape try to play, okay? That'll be September 19th. The last, uh, the, the, uh, see, Kenny usually does this part. Y'all pray for Kenny and Monica. Uh, they're out of town. Our associate pastor, him and his wife, got away this week. They were supposed to be out of town last week, but uh, Hurricane Ida shut that down. And uh, so now um, they're away this week in Georgia, just getting away. And, and, man, Kenny does so much around here. 
And uh, I appreciate him so much. And uh, I want y'all to pray for them that they just have a restful time so he can come back and get back to work. Amen. Because um, I can't remember the other announcement. This is what Kenny normally does. Um, what's the other thing? Anyway, so make sure if you'd like to take part. Oh, what is it? Oh, the groups you can be a part of groups. Yeah, it can be a part of groups. No, no, here we go. Yeah, mission offering October 3rd. I'm getting signals from the back. I don't know what they're doing. The media team, that's it. Okay, so hey, we also encourage we encourage our members to do three things here, to gather, to group, and to move. And the move piece, the best way that you can begin to move with the mission of God is by serving in your local church. We've got a lot of different ways to serve, but one of some of those are the uh, same people serving every Sunday, and others of them are rotations. Um, we have one that's been an every Sunday thing that's opening its doors uh, to expand into a rotation thing. And so if you would like um, to be a part of our media team, that's this booth back here in the back. we got somebody that's running a computer with the slides and the songs and all that. It's really, really simple to learn. We've also got somebody running the audio stuff that they'll help you get trained in so that you can help us make the sound and make it sound as good as possible in here. We also have somebody who's running the cameras right now for all of our live stream people. All right? And somebody's running that, too. So there's tons of ways that you can begin to serve. If you'd like to, you can just uh, call Josh. If you don't know Josh, just talk to us, and we'll put you in contact with Josh and be a part of that team. Josh is our media team leader back there. Give us a big wave, Josh. There he is. Thank you. And also, if you'd like to take part in helping us make disciples here by giving, um, we also offer, offer ways that you can give. At the back door today is a blue bucket. You're welcome just to drop an offering in there. Um, but you can also text to give, give online, and also put it in the mail, and uh, Kenny will get it out of the mailbox next week when he gets back, and he'll be so excited. He loves getting mail. Amen? I'm going to say a word of prayer, and then we're going to get out. Father, we thank you, God, again, that we, we got to worship you today, and we got to learn more about you. And, uh, God, I'm thankful uh, to be able to serve here as pastor. And, God, I pray that you continue to use us for your glory. God, not for our own betterment, but for the betterment of our community and the nations. And so, Father God, help us. Um, help us just to uh, to stay focused on the mission that you've placed us in. And, uh, God, I'm, I'm thankful that we just do goofy stuff like they like dressing up in teen gear because, God, um, you've called us to have fun with one another and help one another in this walk. And, God, I pray that, uh, that days like today are just a reminder that we're in this together and uh, that it's fun to serve together, to serve your kingdom. And Father, I pray that you'd help us this week to love you more, to learn, to live, and to look. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Y'all have a good week.